We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. going on rotor grinders welcome back to the nfl pick six show very special show of course this is thanksgiving week happy thanksgiving to y'all out there uh usual suspects well i was gonna say usual suspects are here uh well we have john daigle on layaway he should be joining us in the next 5 10 15 minutes give or take uh the show does not stop daigle it's not all about you he had a it's fine he's gonna be good to go he'll be here in about 10 or 15 minutes give or take we'll see uh, Rich Rebar, I got your name correct this week. My apologies for butchering it. Last right. week I, I called you John Rebar, of course, from Sharp Football Analysis. Rich, I was reading uh, your articles were free, uh, your game-by-game breakdown, at least the Thanksgiving ones, which we're going to focus on uh, at least at the top of the show. Back end of the show, we're going to talk about the main slate as far as Sunday. But uh, yeah, tell the people where they can find it. I guess I just did. Yeah, yeah. SharpFootballAnalysis.com. They've got the Thanksgiving days uh, games unlocked, so you can kind of read all our deeper thoughts uh instead of the condensed version are you are we contractually obligated like every time you do one of these shows on thanksgiving week everybody has to give out like a thanksgiving take like a thanksgiving food take do you have one have you been firing one one off throughout the week because i feel like there's an obligation of some sort everybody's got to say some kind of hot take when it comes to thanksgiving right i feel like that's a thing am i just making that up i mean i think people do i mean i don't really have any hot takes i'm one of those people like i don't understand like the riff of like you don't if you like something you like it like it's not like like liking food isn't really a choice right like you taste it and you do you just chemically like it or not like it's not like so i mean sorry about your luck if i like something you know you don't and vice versa so be it but i uh enjoy the holiday food i mean it's one of those things like you know i we've we've got families close. So going to, when we used to go to like two or three places at a time, it would get like absorbent where you're just like, ah, you know, I've, I've ate the same thing at three different places. I just would like, where's like lasagna on Thanksgiving or something else, but where's taco Thanksgiving, but no, yeah. that's all good. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. So this is how it's going to go. We're going to talk about the three Thanksgiving games at the top. Uh, this slate is a little rough around the edges. Uh, we're going to bring, <laughs> so a nice way of putting it, I suppose. Uh, can we They're all unique. I mean, we always get the Lions. So, and they, listen, the Cowboys were like bad for a long period of time too. So it's not like we're just having fun Cowboys. I mean, last year Dak was out. So like they were, remember they got boat raced last Thanksgiving. So 
uh, the games are typically kind of, you know, uh, you know, cattywampus, uh, you know, the same. There it is. So, <laughs> Smash the, I was trying to work it in and you beat me to it. Shout out to those watching last week. There you go. But uh, we take what we can. It's a fun slate every year, uh, typically filled with bad players. I mean, listen, remember a couple years ago, we were playing Jesper Horstead and, uh, you know, <laughs> things like that happen on these slates. Is that like a tight end for the Bears? Yeah. That sound, okay. He caught a touchdown too. He actually, he had like, he played like 20 snaps or something and still caught a touchdown. Of course. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the Bears, the Bears are playing the Lions. That's the very first game to kick us off as far as the Thanksgiving slate. 41 and a half is the total. The Lions are currently, what, three-point dogs. This feels like a loser leaves town. Like if the Bear Matt Nagy, we don't know if he's going to get fired before, <laughs> after, sometime at halftime during this game. There's all sorts of rumors out there, and somehow they are favored in this game, despite the fact they're without their quarterback. Justin Fields, of course, not playing football on Thanksgiving. Andy Dalton's going to be starting. And last I saw, according to the old Twitter webs, uh, we're going to get golf. Golf is expected to go unless something goofy happens overnight. So there you have it. That's what we're starting. And of course, Alan Robinson, uh, not available, or I don't know if he's officially ruled out, but considered doubtful at this point. Um, you know, we could talk about this game, of course, but in a broad sense, uh, this slate, you're going to be rostering a quarterback and these two are the more inferior quarterbacks in the slate. And it's pretty clear who the obvious ones, you know, you're going to want to act, you're going to watch out Josh Allen, but of course everybody else realizes that too. Uh, if you got to pick one of these two quarterbacks, got to pick Andy Dalton or Jared Goff, right? You want to be a little bit different, right? That's how you're supposed to be, at least in these, especially in these like massive, massive contests where the field is even smaller. Um, Jared Goff, Andy Dalton, choose your poison. Who's your preference? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can throw your uh, thoughts on this too because you are going to max center a lot of things. I don't, I don't. I'm not a max entry player, not even on this slate. I'm going to go into these, you know, uh, small, small field, uh, you know, like almost sub 200 tournaments, uh, you know, over on FanDuel. And I'm just going to try to onslaught games and see if I can win that way. Uh, like I typically do. Uh, so, I mean, if you're throwing in 150 lineups and you're building these out, like you're going to have some stacks probably built out in this game and, or other people will, uh, you know, if you don't, you don't, you don't necessarily have to, I think people will go to the Dalton side because of, you know, one Mooney knowing who to stack them with. And then, you know, kind of to the Lions side, it's like we've been picking on the Lions all year. So, uh, you know, why not go to it? Uh, you know, Dalton did complete his first pass over 15 air yards last week. Uh, so that was kind of nice to see. <laughs> he did it first before. of the season. His first of the season. He's a small sample. He only started, uh, you know, two games or whatever. But it's a bummer we're not getting fields and a little bit Konami upside. I think he would have been a little more popular and kind of spread out some of the, uh, you know, flatter ownership, uh, flattened ownership between Josh Allen and Dak a little bit. Uh, but I do think Dalton will, people will probably go to that side. I mean, Detroit 31st in yards allowed per pass attempt. They're 31st in yards allowed per completion. You can throw, you can throw Mooney on the board with him who had 49% target share last week. He only caught five of the 16 targets, but anytime you give that kind of uh, that kind of a large of a target share, people will be kind of on that player. And then you can even, I think you can play Marquise Goodwin too. Um, another guy ran 77% uh, route participation last week. He had a 50 yard touchdown. Cause on these slates, he can get there like in one play, right? Yeah. You can have like a four target Marquise Goodwin game and it, it still is, is a hit. So I do think the Dalton side will be a little more popular. I don't know how many people will get to Cole Komet. Uh, his target share from Justin Fields is a lot higher than it is, has been from, you know, Andy Dalton so far uh, this season, he still hasn't scored a touchdown either. So I don't know how many people get to Cole Komet, but I do think Dalton will be the most popular quarterback of the two in this game. Yeah. And the other thing is just six games late is there's some pretty good tight ends as far as, you know, considering just, just, just uh, six teams out there with Waller, with Schultz, with Hawkinson, you mentioned Komet, 
you, you got the Walter White, the one who knocks Dawson as well as lurking. Um, you know, uh, Jimmy Graham's the next guy. Well, Jawan Johnson is somebody I want to pick your brain about. Maybe he's kind of sort of somewhat interesting as far as tournaments. When we talk about New Orleans soon enough with Troutman being out for, uh, for a while. By the way, just I don't make 100. I'm not somebody who max enters, to be clear. I, I, I'm usually like a three-entry max guy or okay. like a single-entry contest, but you're probably thinking of when I talk about Yahoo. I will max enter that 150, uh, that Sunday contest on Yahoo because there's $200,000 in overlay. And then, uh, that, you know, that, that I'll rock it with, with 150. Otherwise, I'm building like eight or 10 or something like that. And I make my lineups mostly for, like yourself, smaller field stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to be too goofy and too ambitious. I believe you have John Daigle with us as well. John, you're, you're uh, welcome to the show. Of course, John Daigle, uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, you're here just in time to talk about, and I'm sure you haven't talked about it all day or at all throughout the week. <laughs> you're here just in time to talk about Detroit Lions and Chicago Bears. So good timing. Am I muted? No, I'm not. Okay. Well, I was, I was just pouring a bottle of whiskey off screen, so I hope it didn't catch that. Uh, nonetheless, we are here. Sorry for holding up for everybody, but we're ready to show up, talk about a Thanksgiving slate that I'm sure even the Swole cast has talked about every angle possible, but <laughs> I think we can find something unique in this one. So I don't know what I just missed the last minute of recording. Nonetheless, we're here and ready to go. Yes. Lions, Bears. Uh, not exciting, but let's get to the slate. <laughs> <laughs> Give me something unique or goofy in Lions Bears. Like we, we touched on the quarterbacks, you know, Dalton and Goff, they kind of sort of are what they are. Uh, Montgomery is a nice matchup here in, in the dome against against Detroit. Swift on the other side. And we saw Williams come back. So his usage dropped a little bit. Um, but yeah, and like Mooney's going to be super popular. People are going to chase that, I assume, uh, with Robinson being out. Nice matchup versus Detroit and the price pretty, you know, fine as well. But you have anything goofy or off the board or maybe just like, don't play anybody here and wait. And hopefully it's like a 17 to 13 kind of game. It's almost to your advantage to play someone here, honestly, because if you do, you have the information you need in ownership when you look at your lineup to then say, okay, then I can play someone from Cowboys, the most rostered team we assume on this slate or hold out later for late swaps with both Mark Ingram, Tony Jones, or Matt Breida, assuming Zach Moss gets healthy scratched. So like, I do actually want to play someone where I've come down to in my single entry lineups, like mid high stakes is like starting out with TG Hawkinson. Cause it seems like everyone hates TG Hawkinson, even though before Tim Boyle was available, the target share was still there. He was just fine. It's just the fact that Tim Boyle on the passes he threw over five yards downfield, only one of eight were accurate. PFF charted the rest inaccurate because he's Tim Boyle. Uh, like he threw 26 interceptions in the last year of college. We didn't expect anything less from him. So I'm actually, I'm actually fine with starting in, in a way to combat uh, DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, and then opening my lineups up to flexing two tight ends or late swapping later on. We've also seen the Lions offense the past two games with Dan Campbell taking over play calling for Anthony Lynn, but they've been even more run heavy than before. Beforehand, they were at a 45% run play rate. And then now their last two games have been at 43%. It's literally a top four run play rate and one score game script in the entire league. Even in that overtime game, the Steelers recall, they called 39 carries to 25 passes overall. The issue is now Jamal Williams probably sees an increase in snaps. He played 27% of snaps this past week, but beforehand was at 35% in his first seven games. So maybe we see a little bit of increase maybe taking more touches away from DeAndre Swift. But if you play DeAndre Swift in the slate, you're playing for the catches, clearly, and hoping no other running back gets to their floor or ceiling. Because, like, it is a slate, honestly, where 
running backs, maybe all of them failed. All these games are bad. Every team lost last week. Uh, every total has dipped under. The Cowboys team total has held strong at 29 points, but every total overall has just dipped because it's all bad teams. So I'm, I'm kind of in right now on playing T.G. Hawkinson over DeAndre Swift to start the day. Taking a peek at our ownership here, DK specific, uh, as far as this game only, 65% for Montgomery, 53% for Swift. Pretty big numbers. Like you said, as far as the running back, it's not very, not too strong. And if you, it'll, be, it'll get interesting as far as the New Orleans game. If we get news on Ingram or when we get news as far as Ingram, and you talk about Moss as well too. And yeah, go, go ahead. You, you, you want to complete your thought. Well, if you play any of the receivers, like everyone knows by now, probably Josh Reynolds led the team in routes run. Um, but we've also seen Cleef Raymond has had the most success with Jared Goff. So maybe like rapport matters than routes run from last week with Tim Boyle. But if you play any of the receivers outside of Darnell Mooney, I think you're naturally contrarian and we'll have at least a better idea of what ownership is doing on the day. Also, we know in the very last game, you can slot yourself, get ready for Mark Ingram, and then late swap to Tony Jones. Whereas if you get if you slot yourself with Tony Jones and don't leave salary, you can't even get up to like Matt Breida if Zach Moss is healthy scratched. So you just have to prepare for these things accordingly. I, I, I want to save that question. Now I'm curious. If Moss is healthy scratched, uh, and if Ingram is scratched, I wonder who you prefer as far because it well, sounds like you, the answer you is probably neither, but we have to play one. So <laughs> <laughs> no, right. Daniel brings up a good point. I mean, th- this is on a typical slate. Like you would treat it like, you know, uh, you know, people are, this is where you take like your one-offs, right? Your one-offs early, because if you get your hits, then you've got kind of house money and you know what you're working with. Or if you miss your one-offs, whether it be Marquise Goodwin or Josh Reynolds or Cleef Raymond or, whoever else, Jamal Williams, if you're chasing a touchdown and you hit, then you've got, you know, all the information that you need to know. So, I mean, I like taking the, the swings on the randos early in the early game, not really getting a lot of ownership people. Sometimes people are sitting down and this is like their, the game that they get to watch. So they'll go over on it for no reason, no good reason. Um, and we'll get a little bit of lay of the land uh, in this game, but I don't mind kind of, you know, just, this is where you take your, 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 your cheapy, your cheapy dart throws. Who's your favorite wild swing in this game? I would say Goodwin is the fa- my favorite just because he can get there on one one go, like one target he can he can get there. But I don't mind Reynolds, uh, even Raymond as a deep throw, like Daigle said. And I like Hawkinson uh, a lot as well because I don't think anyone's going to really play him. A lot of people are going to want to wait on Schultz and Waller, and then if it doesn't hit, they can go to Knox still later. I think Hawkinson might come in a little bit lighter than he should be on a slate like this. I This is the take that ends me. But I, I, feel, like, I feel like you – can't play Waller in tournaments, right? Like he's the most rostered player tied at a onesie position, arguably on the slate. And so like, unless you figure out a way to flex him or uh, use him in the tight end spot and then he hits and then you use Dawson Knox in your flex later, I, or Jawan Johnson, I just feel like you're wasting your time. Like you can't win a tournament if you play Darren Waller. Again, that's a bad take. You can play two tight ends, though. Like, like you said, yeah. you got to talk about flexing them. And yeah. I think it'll, it'll be flatter on FanDuel than DraftKings. I think uh, on oh, yeah. DraftKings, Waller's going to have a pretty significant gap in terms of uh, ownership than he will on FanDuel. But, Daigle, you kind of referenced it. I think it's worth talking about. If you do hit your wild swing, and let, let's say you play Goodwin, and somehow Goodwin's at 12% or something like that, and he smashes. He catches two long ones. He gets loose. The rest of your lineup, like you probably shouldn't have Trevor Simeon. Like you've already got well ahead of the field. <laughs> like you, there's no reason to do that. Like mm-hmm. you, you have Trevor Simeon. If you miss your couple wild swings, then hopefully you yes. cross your fingers. Like if you finish the 50 percentile or dead last, what's the difference? Who cares? 
Like if you have Dak or you have Allen with three misses in front of them, you're not going to guess what? You're not going to catch up with those guys because everybody else already has those guys with yeah. some players that do well in the first game or the second game. So like elaborate on that thought, Bagel, because that's kind of my thought process too. And I think that's very important to say because just the way the slate's laid out, one game, wait, one game, wait, and you adjust accordingly based upon how your lineups have done so far. We just already know who's going to be played from the early slate. We know David Montgomery, in, in order, by the way, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, and Darnell Mooney will be played in this game. No one was to play uh, TJ Hawkinson and DFS, let alone redraft. No one was to play TJ Hawkinson this week because uh, they just think, like, despite his elite usage, the fact he got one target from TJ Boyle, like, matters. It doesn't matter. Jared Goff is back now. Um, I understand he's not the player or the tight end you drafted in the third or fourth round. That's okay. It's a, it's a terrible, I almost cussed. It was, it's a terrible position. Uh, I've been drinking clearly. So just uh, keep playing the elite usage tight end. Hope he gets there with a tight end. Cause if, if you get with a touchdown, if you get 12 to 15 points from TJ Hawkinson, like then you are severely like more comfortable not playing Darren Waller because we know Darren Waller is going to come in at 60% ownership. And so the more players you play from this game, the more ownership like you'll have knowledge based to then make your decisions elsewhere. I'm genuinely trying to play this game. I'm assuming CeeDee Lamb is going to play. And so I am genuinely trying to get on this game as if I'm preparing for Mark Ingram to be ruled out eventually uh, because no one, maybe some people, maybe not a majority, a minority of the field will have Mark Ingram slotted in and thus is an easy late swap to Tony Jones, but no one's really going to be prepared to like have Tony Jones have 800 excess salary on DraftKings and then late swap to Matt Breida if Zach Moss is also healthy scratch. So I'm kind of just preparing for that late game, honestly, to be my dividend, to be my like one divider from the rest of the field. And, and by the way, uh, I think everyone has a choice right now between Marquise Goodwin and Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson is the better cash play, knowing he's going to be in the slot, even if C.D. Lamb's available. But that obviously makes Marquise Goodwin the better tournament play. All right, we'll talk about that Raiders uh, Cowboys game in just a yeah. second. Rebar, give me this. Give me a uh, give me the final score in this game. Does Detroit win? Do they win their first game of the year. And who is the Bears coach in ten days? No, I'm not going to pick the Lions to win. Uh, <laughs> I mean, people did this last time. Remember when Detroit played the Bears earlier in the season when Fields made that first start ever or second start after they he looked terrible against the Browns? Everyone was picking the Lions, and they weren't yeah. even in the game. They weren't even in the game against the Bears. Uh, so I definitely ain't going to pick them here. Uh, could they win? I won't. I wouldn't like really blink. They've been in a couple games, but I'm not going to pick them. Uh, I I mean the Bears. Bears are what seven and one. Their past eight to the under. Uh, Detroit really can't score. Their games have been going under. Their defense has actually been kind of game recently. I mean, only they faced Mason Rudolph and Baker Mayfield. Maybe that doesn't count, but they've been kind of kind of game. They haven't just getting dog walked. So I don't know. I would lean towards even with this as bad as it is going under still. Um, yeah, it, it's rough. I still say I don't know if Nagy's really fired. I don't know what to buy in that, but it doesn't matter. Does it really yeah. matter? Doesn't no, it doesn't get. I was just curious. Hold on, hold on. nothing for our purposes. Doesn't it matter towards ownership though? Because like, don't people actually believe like that matters? Now this is a three-game slate, so yeah, I, I may be like galaxy braining this, but I assume that because everyone believes Matt Nagy be fired, thus they're gonna play like DeAndre Swift and Lions defense. So I, I kind of think Bears defense is a sneaky play here, especially if you're playing David Montgomery. Hey, what's They're really the expensive. Lions? I don't like to play. I'm I'm definitely not really in on playing a, a defense early. I definitely don't want that money tied up. 
but uh, Bears are a lot cheaper on DraftKings than they are FanDuel. I think they're the most expensive defense on FanDuel, and then they're like third or fourth on DraftKings. Yes, they're they're yeah, only they're uh, 20, 2,600, I believe, on DraftKings. So lines are 2,400 as well. So These are projected to be the two most heavily owned running backs, and again, it might change if the Ingram news comes out early, if Moss news comes out at some point as well as you're, as you're speculating. Uh, you could only pick one. You pick one between Montgomery or Swift. Daigle, who do you prefer? Uh, we've seen David Montgomery the last two weeks have 30 of 35 backfield touches, very clearly healthy. I think I take Montgomery just because I think the field gets more on Swift, but even though we need the knowledge, we really need that information. Even though you're like subscribed somewhere and you probably have information from tournaments. Um, like, honestly, I'd rather just like wait it out and just play those flexes elsewhere at running back. Uh, we got Montgomery currently 65% on Fandle, 41% for Swift on Fandle. Uh, DK oh, Montgomery okay. 65 and Swift at 53. This stuff to, might change, uh, of course. To, to be fair, like this is what I did. I've, I've been somewhat good at um, navigating and predicting ownership. And like, it actually matters this year. And let's say some people, you should subscribe to Roto-Grounders, by the way. But if you don't, um, you, can, you can just try and project for ceiling projections for players and it makes you a better tournament player. But the issue is I've been slightly off this year. Like had I known Devontae Adams last week would have come in 30% less roster than Tyreek Hill. I would have played Devontae Adams 12 out of 10 times. I didn't know though. Everyone's just going to play Tyreek Hill. So I made that mistake. I think it was like 14% compared to Tyreek Hill was like 48%, which is wild. So uh, little things like that actually cost you tournament wins in my opinion. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay, I didn't know that number. Yeah, and again, this stuff is fluid and like, you know, stuff, you know, I don't even know if it's baking in. Like, again, things will change if Ingram doesn't play. The, the Buffalo Everyone's drunk with their around. high school girlfriends trying to get banged. Like, no one, nothing's <laughs> changing. They're fine. I see Josh in the chat. What up, chat? Hit the like button, subscribe, turn on notifications, all that good stuff. Uh, he says, like, a million dollars up top, you have to take a chance this week, uh, Rebar. And that's like me and you, like, we're, I don't, I'm not playing for the million. I don't play those. I mean, it's cool. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do that, go for it. I like the more flat payout. I don't want to compete with a billion other people. And I think it's great that it's out there. And it's great that somebody can become a millionaire or chop it with a hundred of their, their best friends, depending on how goofy the winner becomes. But uh, I do want to ask you about Reynolds. Uh, what does it say about Detroit's receiving core? He all of a sudden's vaulted to the top right off the streets. He is 3K and DK. How viable is that? And the other part of that is my brain goes, we're not spending, is Cooper Cup on this slate? Is CMC on this right. slate? Like who could I, who is he getting me? Is kind of my, is 12 points or nine points, whatever it may be. What does that get me when he saves me some salary? Because there's not like a lot of guys are looking at, man, I got to have so-and-so. I can't imagine, I can't imagine making a lineup without this really expensive player. Just lineup construction, like Reynolds, I don't know what to do with him. I mean, it's just, if you want to get different, it depends on like what field size you're playing in, right? Like, you know, on how different you need to get. I mean, if you're playing in small field stuff, you don't have to play any of those guys. You don't have, you don't have to, I mean, you can try to onslaught a game. You can wait till later. You can play uh, just the guy, the, the best plays depending on the field size, you know, if you're, but if you're in like, yeah, something like the Millie um, or if you're, you're max entering stuff, I mean, you're going to try to get like, you're going to have to try to throw like some unique kind of lottery ticket type stuff at the wall that you always have to. Uh, to win that stuff it's going to be a whole totally different score that what wins those tournaments than what wins like some of the stuff that, like I'm entering or what you're entering so um, yeah I mean it, on DraftKings I think that it's pretty open I actually think it's tighter on FanDuel building lineups than it is on DraftKings and you know we get a couple 
inter, you know, like Tony Jones later could change everything. Um, but like I said, Waller is like easier to play. I think on DraftKings, I think that's why there'll be a clear divide, like in his ownership on both sites. Um, Reynolds does free up a lot of things on FanDuel, but you definitely don't, you don't, you might not need that on DraftKings. Um, you get the shower narrative, you know, him and golf, you know, playing with the Rams. Um, but I mean, wasn't golf through for 300 yards when these teams played earlier in the year? Like, I mean, it's not like he's, he was just like a bomb either. Like he's, he's, he was capable of being, of having production back then. Uh, I don't know how sticky that BVP uh, will be uh, on Thanksgiving, but he did throw for 299 when these teams played earlier in the year. So that's like if not want, no yardage. If you want some more BVP, as you know, Dave Montgomery also had his best game of the year against the Lions with 100 yards and two touchdowns earlier. So, uh, you know, let's BVP. Dean, this is your, this is your shout out to the BVP <laughs> talk. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to be in the BVP streaks, to be honest. Like it's such people are so dug in on it. Oh, it's, it's a ridiculous conversation to have. Uh, I mean, everyone, the, the Lions have just been bleeding out points to running backs literally the whole year. It, it's like Daryl Henderson's the only guy that didn't get there against them. And he was playing. So, like him. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not even like a, uh, I'm not an MME guy like Dean, but the Detroit's defense ranked next to last and pressure rate with a league high 31 points per game uh, allowed prior to being served Mason Rudolph and Baker Mayfield on a silver plow of the past two games. So like their defense hasn't improved at all. They just played two terrible quarterbacks the past two weeks. So like if Andy Dalton is successful now, he showed up and completed 47% of his passes in the second half. So maybe he's not successful, but like, there's a reason to believe like maybe Darnell Moody and Dave Montgomery can both get there together. Sure. In the chat, Spokowski says, bro, everybody has BBP versus the Lions. Yeah, that's a, a <laughs> OVL, offense versus Lions. Uh, you you <laughs> got to reference go. this, Rebar, and there was a question in chat when I want to sort of tie in here. Uh, because you were talking about speculating on an onslaught, right? Let's move on to the Raiders and the Cowboys. Cowboys are favored by seven points. We're presuming CeeDee Lamb's going to play. Not official just yet. That's the presumption. We'll know an hour and a half before kickoff as far as actives and inactives. They have the, you know, the biggest team total on the board at 29 and a hook. Uh, is this one of the teams you are considering onslaughting the Cowboys? Yes. I think if you're playing this game in small field stuff, I mean, the way to get unique is to play everybody (laughs) like really kind (laughs) of just in hope the game gets there. Right. Otherwise you just kind of come off of it and you try to, I mean, that's like the stuff I'm in. Like I want to be, I want to have as much stuff. I want to know if I'm winning the money or not winning the money basically. Uh, So, I mean, the way you get unique in this game is to not just like play Dak and Gallup or Dak Gallup and Waller. Like you play Dak, Lamb, Zeke, uh, see if you can fit Waller and maybe uh, may run a double with, with Schultz. You play Josh Jacobs. You play all the guys and you hope that this is the game that just goes bonkers and the other games are kind of a drag. That's how you get kind of unique. Everyone's going to be the highest on guys in terms of projections are basically in this game. I mean, Zeke's looking like the RB2, Dak's the QB2. You got Lamb and Gallup as the top two, like projected on wide receivers. Um, and then at tight end, you've got, you know, Waller and Schultz right there in the top three as well. So I think really the only way to kind of get unique is to onslaught it because they're all, it's all going to be spread out anyways. Um, but there's a way this game fails. And that's if this, the Raiders are completely terrible again, like they've been since the bye week, uh, yeah. you know, and I hate to blame something just on losing, you know, Henry Rugg, but, you know, losing that vertical component of the offense has just sank them. I mean, you look at you know, like where Derek Carr was heading into the bye and where he's come out of the bye. His ADOTs dropped almost three full yards. Uh, they've scored on, on just nine of 31 possessions since the bye. 
Uh, it's 29%. It's 26th in the NFL. It was 13th prior to that at 44%. Uh, it, it, if they can't pass protect, uh, you know, it, it's a problem. The offensive line, hey, who knew getting rid of four fifths of your offensive line in the offseason was probably going to be a problem at some point this year. The, the problem with the Raiders, too, is they can't run. They can't do anything to combat. They, I mean, they're 28th in the NFL and EPA running the ball. Uh, Josh Jacobs hasn't had one game where he's had 100 total yards or more yet this season. So, I mean, it's, it's tough. If this offense is just bad and as bad as it's been the last three weeks, the Cowboys will absolutely just run the lights out of this game. Do we feel okay about Zeke's knee? I know he's supposed to be good to go, but like I just to see him hobble him around. And I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people are saying, consider playing Pollard. Zeke, you know, is a little banged up. And if this game is out of hand, they probably go to Pollard a little bit, a little bit more, uh, or maybe play them both in an onslaught, like just play both running backs. I think that's completely nuts. Uh, you know, just maybe Dak doesn't throw for any touchdowns like last week. Did he throw for any touchdowns last week? I feel like he didn't. Uh, maybe he threw for one. Doesn't matter. Uh, oh, he didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. Okay. So it was zero. <laughs> I, I know I had plenty of Zach, uh, plenty of Dak and plenty of Mahomes, and that that game was a wet fart for sure. Uh, what, what do you have for me as far as uh, am I being paranoid about Elliot, or you're fine with him as far as uh, whatever is up with his knee? No. Uh, I know who you're asking. Yeah, go for it. I'll take it because. Uh, you because rich you're so smart that like you look two levels deeper like you're literally a inception compared to the rest <laughs> of us mere mortals um whereas we're just trying to look at everything else so like when we see that henry rugg splits like matter because uh Derek carr literally can't throw anywhere else like zay jones and brian edwards in three games have combined for six catches for 150 yards it's probably like pretty clear it's just because they don't have henry rugs but like you're so advanced that you say, no, it actually goes beyond that. Like it's probably because they don't have any rugs and also because like they changed their play calling, which like I, I don't think is wrong at all. I just think you're just the smartest person in the whole fucking industry. I don't cuss either. I just drink a lot. So I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, you're totally right. But nonetheless, um, I think what everyone's going to do, because I've heard enough square takes now, I've listened to a lot of shows from a lot of my friends and you've been podcasting for seven hours in a row, I think. Did I just give a square take? Day. Was that, was that a square take saying Pollard? That was a square take. You could, you could no, no, say, no, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not necessarily a square take. Dean, you're smart as well. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I've heard enough people say that Pollard is the better play over Zeke for this slate that I think Zeke is actually, this is very Mike Williams to Keenan Allen, right? Like Mike Williams is not the better tournament play if Keenan Allen comes in under rostered. And that's what it seems like with Zeke. No one wants to play pay up for Zeke anymore. Thus, Zeke is the better play. And that's where I lean right, right now, especially because we've seen Graham Barfield of FantasyPoints.com had a tweet earlier this week that the Cowboys averaged over five yards per carry, 5.3 yards per carry, and seven games with Tyron Smith this year. Uh, significantly less impactful whenever Tyron Smith is not on the field in the last three games. So overall, like I think Tyron Smith matters. And if CD lamb has a concussion, like even lingering injuries, Amari Cooper, clearly not out there, then maybe they just run the ball anyway. So where I lean right now, not only Tony Pollard, but you should probably get on both. Let's just play Zeke and Pollard together and say, this is a three game slate. This is something Eric Crane would do, by the way, this is RIP and memory of Eric Crane. Well, he's Zeke. still with us. He's, he's still around. <laughs> Maybe, we don't know. But we don't know. Uh, Zeke Pollard, screw it. Let's run them both together 
plus the Cowboys defense. And let's say goodbye to the rest of the field. That's where I kind of lean right now, because I think Pollard is such a popular play that playing him like single-handedly is not going to be unique enough for tournaments, honestly. Hey, if you're playing Zeke with Pollard, are you pairing that with the Dolphins defense? Uh, the Dolphins. The, 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 Cow- <laughs> the Cowboys defense. Who's been drinking here? Not me, man. <laughs> Dale, do you like uh, pairing the, the Cowboys defense with Zeke and Pollard? Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, I also think, though, there, there are two sides to the Derek Carr story. Uh, Derek Carr has averaged 10.5 yards per attempt against man coverage this year. And that type of scheme the Cowboys have run at a top three rate in the league. But also we've seen, like Rich mentioned, that the, the Raiders literally have nowhere to go without Henry Ruggs. Um, only after, since week seven, so since their week eight bye, Carr is 24th in rate of his throws, 20 plus yards downfield, completing four of 10 set of temps. So they just genuinely have nowhere to go. So if they increase their rate of passes to Deshaun Jackson, who could get open more than Zay Jones, who has led the team in routes run the last three weeks, or Brian Edwards, then maybe so, but uh, even Deshaun Jackson, I, I think he's a fine tournament play, but otherwise, like, you're just not looking at the Raiders' passing game outside of Renfro and Waller. Waller, clearly the higher floor. Well, somebody in well, chat just asked about Brian Edwards. Uh, you know, no. he, I think he's given a couple of goose I'll eggs. Yeah, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. We've been inundated, right? We know targets are earned. The ball, often, the ball goes to your best players, right? Like, that's what we know. And right now, the Raiders' two best offensive players are Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. And that's where the ball is. There's nowhere else for the ball to go. They're like Zay Jones can run 50 yards downfield. It doesn't matter. The ball's not going to Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards can't get open on anyone except for linebackers. So, I mean, like that touchdown he caught two weeks ago against the Chiefs was on a linebacker. Like he can't get away from NFL defensive backs. So, I mean, he can't get open. The ball doesn't go to him. Uh, I did see Dwayne McFarland tweeted out a, a nice nugget that, you know, Deshaun Jackson only played 16 snaps last week. I mean, he's just at his age, he's going to be a part-time player. They're just, it's, he's going to be a package player. That's what he wants at the Rams. That's basically what he's going to be at the Raiders. But 40% of Darren Waller's yards came with Deshaun Jackson on the field, just because he's pulling people in his direction, right? He's opening stuff up. So they need Deshaun Jackson at least to get out there and uh, pull, pull the defense away for guys like Renfro and Waller, open up those targets for them. Uh, to give them some kind of a, some, some, just some windows because Zay Jones isn't doing it. Brian Edwards isn't doing it, but we, we know the ball goes to your best players and who you have available. And right now the Raiders best offensive players in the passing game are Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller guys that operate in accrued targets, you know, in the intermediate levels and in shallow to line of scrimmage. And that's what's happened to this offense. That's why the dot has, do- has dropped. People think it's a quarterback set. It's not, we know that we've, we've got quantitative proof that shows it's a receiver stat. Uh, so this is what's happened to the Raiders. Uh, you know, so we need DJX to come out and at least get some, get some wind sprints in to free up some stuff for, for Renfro and Waller and open it up. Rebar, you got to pick somebody to run it back in. You're not picking a flat out onslaught. You want to run it back with one guy on the Raiders. I, I assume, I assume it's Waller. Yeah, I mean, if I have if if salary's not an object, I can fit in. Of course, that's Waller. Uh, you know, like I said, I mean, obviously he's going to be keyed on keyed in on by the defense. But Dallas doesn't really have great safety play or great coverage linebackers, uh, which is why they they rush so much. You know, this is why they play a lot of man coverage. They're aggressive. Those guys aren't really coverage guys, uh, and that's why tight ends have given them trouble. You know, the entire season. I mean, they're 26th in catch rate out of the tight ends, 29th in yards for target out of the position. Uh, tight ends have actually scored 21% of the points allowed by the Cowboys, which is the eighth highest rate in the NFL. So if you don't have, if you have that choice, plus Renfro is a guy that like, he's got to get into the box. Um, his price on FanDuel is, is ludicrous because he hasn't even gone over 58 yards in any of his past seven games. 
his season high is 77 yards. So he's got to get a touchdown to get there uh, on that site. Um, and that's kind of a problem you have with Pollard too, right? Pollard has one touch inside the 10 this season. Like he can easily come out and have like seven, six and a half, seven yards per touch. But if he doesn't score a touchdown, like what are we getting on a slate like this? Not the problem I have. It's <laughs> the problem the, the field has because they're going to play Pollard this week. I know for a fact. Yeah, I mean, you've seen the takes. I mean, well, I think when you look at the way the Raiders play defense, right, uh, they, they don't r- blitz at all. They're the lowest blitzing team in the NFL. They, they rely on Ngakwe and Max Crosby at home. They're going to play a lot of cover three. They're going to play a lot of shell coverage, like the buzzword is. Um, but they force you. They're number one in the NFL against a deep ball. They've got a 25% completion rate on throws 15 yards or further downfield. Uh, you know, you've got the Cowboys. We don't know if Lamb's going to be 100% and be a go. Like, this is a game that's set up to, like, when the Cowboys played the Eagles on Monday night earlier in the season where Dak can literally probably – just pepper like the, the short shallow targets go like 24 29 passing uh for like 240 and you, and you hope the touchdowns come with the efficiency because that's the type of defense the raiders play right they're not an aggressive man-to-man defense they just don't have the personnel to do it like casey hayward's been good and then the rest of their guys aren't good at all so it's probably one of those games you're gonna see a lot of zone coverage it's probably why dalton schultz is a good play and that's why tight ends inherently have high numbers against the Raiders anyways, because that's the type of defense they play. We talked a lot, the defensive scheme has gotten more on the forefront of everyone's fingertips this year, but like teams like the Chargers, the Eagles, the Raiders, there's a reason why tight ends crush them every week. It's because the defense is designed to allow those throws to be completed to running backs and tight ends and allow teams to come up and make tackles. Uh, That's why the Raiders give a lot to tight ends. So, I mean, I I could see definitely this game playing out in a way where like Dak's just really hyper-efficient. And if the Raiders are as bad as they've been, the last three weeks coming out of the bye, uh, Dallas can kind of just cruise and play this two-pronged running back system uh, and, and kind of just like go go down the field and eat clock and do what they want, you know, the rest of the afternoon. That's why I still like uh, Elliot and Pollard together. I think it's a unique way to get exposure to both of them since everyone wants to play Pollard and then skip on the salary, 8K on DraftKings in particular, that is Elliot. Um, also, yeah, it's ballers just fine. But again, I think you need another tight end in the flex to be unique to that exposure because everyone's going to play Waller. Everyone play Elliot Pollard Schultz and Waller. There you go. Schultz is Schultz is such an awesome play. So like the Raiders leave the middle of the field open and uh, everyone's going to play Michael Gallup, most likely over CD lamb and over Schultz. Like Schultz is a great play, especially as a flex option. Great play. Dago, forget game theory, forget salaries, lineup construction, all that kind of stuff. Who is your favorite? Like, who's the cowboy most likely to break the slate? It's got to be Zeke. It's got to be Zeke's uh, 60 yards and two touchdowns. That's what it's got to be. Because right? <laughs> this, this is such, this is the thing. This is such a floor slate. Like, here, the possibility that no one does anything is such, yeah. it's much greater than the chance anyone breaks the slate. And thus, the floor play will break the slate. And Zeke, like, is going to get all the carries into the five. Like, Tony Pollard is not an issue. Tony Pollard has scored one touchdown. We are not worried about Tony Pollard. The only reason we're even talking about him is the fact that everyone wants to now suddenly play him because they're off on a holiday and they're eating family and talking politics with, like, their parents. They don't want to do that shit. They'd rather play Tony Pollard. So, no. Like, <laughs> I would much gonna... rather play Josh Jacobs than Tony Pollard, for sure. And... Yeah. I thought you were going to say talk politics with parents. but yeah. I- I'm not even kidding. Like, with that Jacob, too. Jacobs' floor – may break the slate like jacob five catches for 16 yards may break the slate 
I mean, on on DraftKings, they're basically the same salary. They're, you know, Jacobs is five nine and Pollard's five six. Uh, Jacobs has fourteen catches the last three games, five yep. in the last two. Cars, he's, yep. he's getting seventy percent of the backfield touches. And we know if there's like a pass interference or someone gets tackled at the one yard line, like he's going to get the carry, right? Like we know it's going to be him. So, I mean, he's a, he could be totally a guy on this slate that has maybe only, you know, 80 total yards, but could have like one to two touchdowns. Pollard comes in over rostered compared to him, right? Oh, let me see. I look at projections. That's That's Pollard versus Jacobs. I know. Yeah. I know projections, but I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing that not Pollard, on DraftKings. I'm guessing Pollard is going to be more rostered than Jacobs. Honestly, we got Pollard right now at 10% for the record. So maybe we're just at a bump. Oh. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if that's right or that's wrong. And again, this stuff will change, especially as news you know, come, comes piling in and it might, it's, it might be lower when people are waiting on the new Orleans news and you keep teasing like uh, the potential of Moss being a healthy scratch and all yeah. of a sudden Matt Marita being a potential thing. And that's of course later in the day. And who knows when that news drops, but I don't think Pollard's going to be as heavily owned as you think. All right. Like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Because it, it's our bubble, right? And then we're all mm-hmm. trying to galaxy brain it. And maybe we're just like trying to be too, too clever and too smart. But, but yeah, but, but so many players beyond Mike Williams, I'm going to use Mike Williams as the most recent example. Like <laughs> Mike Williams is also our bubble. And then he wasn't our bubble because everyone just, everyone thumbnails him making a wide open mouth and like it's game <laughs> over. Everyone then plays him. So I don't know. I don't think so, man. I really think Tony Pollard is one of the most popular plays tomorrow. Well, I guess we'll see. I could be uh, wrong. I very well could be wrong. Um, we're moving on, right? I I feel like we talked. We, we kind of like basically talked about the Dallas offense without actually saying Dak, but like, you know, Dak's a good play. Yeah, uh, you you know. Like, yeah. If you want to play Dak, play double stack him. If not, don't play him at all. Play the running attack. You know. It's week 12. I would think at this point, like people know, like Dak was bad last week. It's fine. He should be okay. This, we can't yeah. tell you. No, he was bad last week. You can't play him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the Please. take you want. <laughs> Two of the past three games have been bad. Don't play him. He's unplayable. Uh, so that's a good segue into the Buffalo uh, New Orleans game. 45 and a half is the total in that game. Buffalo's a six point favorite. Reeves, uh, forget ownership, forget all that stuff. Do you prefer Allen? Do you prefer Prescott? Who's, a, who's your preference as far as quarterback? Uh, I, I prefer Allen of the two just because like the, the rate of passing touchdowns the Bills have versus the Cowboys, uh, you know, the, they're, they're going to keep winging it and they have a way tougher matchup against the run. I know that the Saints allow rushing production to the Eagles, but that's a lot different when you're defending for an RPO quarterback. And, you know, you can scheme some things open that you have to account for that. Josh Allen is mobile, but the Bills don't run. Their running game is not built around that. Uh, so I don't think the Bills will actually be successful you know, running the football. I like the idea of not playing any Bills running backs and not really getting cute with it. I mean, this is the Bills running back at our Bills running backs average 21.7 collective touches per game. That's 31st in the NFL. And they're going against the run defense that's allowing 3.2 yards per carry to opposing running backs. And they're also eighth in receptions allowed to running backs. Uh, I like the idea of if you just, just just sink your teeth into the Bills passing game because they're going to drop back and throw it. And they're going to take not to really take their foot off of the gas. That's, that's what they do. Uh, so I love Allen a little bit more. Plus he he's run a lot more than Dak has this year. We haven't really had yeah. the, the, the super, the super leg version of Dak this season. So I definitely prefer Josh Allen. Um, there has been a lot of chatter about the Spencer Brown splits, uh, you know, 
with the Bills offense. I did some digging because like one of the things that like I was kept looking at, I was like, well, Spencer Brown's not very good. Like he's not graded high on pro football focus. ESPN's pass block win rate, like he's not very good either. So I'm like, well, what's the hang up here? Like, is there correlation or causation? And it turns out like you're doing some digging. It's really that Sp- the Spencer Brown splits are actually Cody Ford splits because when Spencer Brown plays, <laughs> he plays right tackle and Daryl Williams kicks into right guard. Uh, and what that does cause when Spencer Brown's out is that Cody Ford has to play right guard, and he is number three in the NFL in terms of pressure rate allowed uh, per pass block snap in the NFL. He's been dog-walked in all of his games, and when Cody Ford has played, uh, Josh Allen's been pressured on 40% of his dropbacks uh, as opposed to 28% of his dropbacks elsewhere when, when Spencer Brown plays. So it's not really that Spencer Brown is coming in, and, and like he's like, Anthony Munoz or Jackie Slater at right tackle. It's that they're taking, it's an addition by subtraction because they're taking off this lineman that's just getting turnstiled off the field in Cody Ford. Uh, so definitely keep your eye on that because the Saints do have interior pass rushers uh, to kind of disrupt, you know, Allen, if, that, if it's a thing where, you know, Spencer Brown can't play because he's, uh, he was on the COVID list last week. Um, but just keep an eye on that as well. But the Saints have struggled against mobile quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke had 40 yards rushing against them. Daniel Jones. 27 yards against them. I don't really count Jalen Hurts uh, what he did because what the Eagles are doing scheme-wise is very similar to like what the Ravens are doing. Uh, so it's it's really like it's hard to defend for that, even against good run defenses. So I I do like the the Bills passing side though here before I get too long-winded. Did not expect to get off uh, offensive tackle, uh, you know, alignment conversation. Spencer Brown, we talked about Tyron Smith coming back for Dallas, an Anthony Munoz reference. Shout out to Jackie Slater. Good stuff for sure. Um, yeah, let's, let's get this take out there because you've referenced it a couple of times there, there, Daigle, but as far as Moss, we saw Brita getting a, you know, a bit of a chunk, uh, last week was kind of a three-headed monster, probably not the right term, just three different dudes running the ball, uh, Moss, Singletary and Brita. Uh, is there, is there chatter that Moss is going to be a healthy scratch? And if he is like Singletary is still there, Allen's still there. Like he could siphon touchdowns at the goal line. He could throw him as well. Am I, should I be excited about Brita if that's the situation? Well, it's not only chatter. Uh, you should expect Zach Moss to get healthy scratched from what we've heard. And I don't even know if that means to play one of them, but the fact that Zach Moss will be out and thus they'll split routes and reps and carries between Brita and Devlin Singletary, you should prepare for both. It is admittedly easier to uh, lock in, let's say on DraftKings, for instance, 6,200 from Mark Ingram and then Tony Jones is 4000 so thus $2,200 savings is easier than locking in Tony Jones at 4 k and Matt Breed is 4800 So you have to make sure you have that excess salary available to late swap. But I think late swapping into this game is still much easier because even if you play one – like the Bills defense, let's say, because you want to do that, because we've seen uh, the Saints give Mark Ingram 15 or 16 targets – Mark Ingram handled 30 of their 37 RB touches as well. They literally don't do anything but give Mark Ingram their touches. If Ingram's ruled out and it would all go to Tony Jones, you can still play Tony Jones with the Bills defense. And so you should probably be prepared to a late swap to that. And so that's kind of what I'm doing right now, especially since Tony Jones is $22,000 cheaper than Ingram. But again, that's why no one else is doing it. So just prepare yourself. That's all I'm saying. Just be ready for it. Rich, your thoughts as far as the running backs in this game and the potential situations that might play out? Yeah, I was really hoping that, you know, we would have like Kamara kind of his salary floating there too, so you could lock that in and oh, do baby. a bunch of, we we, could have done a we, bunch of late swapping. We could have <laughs> done digs to Kamara late swap. It would have been 
so amazing so amazing and, and you would have had the out of like if kamara you know ended up playing you'd have kamara oh, yeah. easy sub 10 percent. but uh that's already been taken out of our hands uh, i did see that mark ingram's like petitioning to play because he wants to be the first player to play 18 full games uh it, like that oh. it expanded the season uh so he's like petitioning to be active because he wants to be the first player to do it uh what a thing so uh even if he's active it might not matter right like he could be kind of like a just a, a he could dress and be that's it and not really even really play. So does that, that count that as, far, also as far as one of the 18? I guess that counts if he's dressing. Uh, he's yeah, if he's just not an active. So I mean, I don't know. I saw yeah. there I, I there was a, a, a there was a Saints beat that tweeted it out though. You can go find it that said like he's <laughs> petitioning because he wants to play because he obviously he he missed the bye week, you know, out, you know earlier in the season. So he's he I don't, was on the Texans and I don't play eighteen ruin, all eighteen weeks. I don't want to ruin my friends at Establish the Runs like content, but Nick Underhill went on their subscribe show earlier and said Ingram is like literally trying to do that. And the people, his his party around him are telling him not to do that. So we'll see what happens. I remember in Rudy, the movie Rudy, you have to like you have to play one play to be officially in the record book. I don't know, based on a true story, Montana said it was a lie. So I'm not really sure if that's true or not, but that's college. But that's what that's what it my was, brain went to for some. It was literally reason. enough to make me think, like, oh, like maybe I should reserve the 4K for Tony Jones, thinking Mark Ingram, even if he's active, he won't play at all. Maybe he'll play one play and then get benched. So I don't know. There's there's a lot of game theory here. Yeah, so he can also be, just he can also just be a package player and play like 15 snaps. But are they on the goal line? Are they? You know, we won't know. Well, we have to know. That's the thing. We need to know before it. So. I I would I would say like I mean I, the, just by that like he could end up being active. Plus they have no depth. Like nobody's healthy on the roster, so he could easily be active and not really really play. So, Alex Arma, who's that? He's a fullback. 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 Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, it's I can't know who he is. I've seen it before. I feel like I played him once on a showdown slate or something like that. Sure. Non non running backs. Who's your favorite non running back to consider playing on the Saints, and why is it Jawan Johnson? Is it Jawan Johnson? Is it Jawan Johnson? I don't Question know. Maybe. Question mark. <laughs> I run Burgundy. Uh, Reeves. Jawan Johnson. You know, there, there's no Troutman. He's going to be their tight end, I think. Although. I feel like I read this in your article. I don't want to steal it from your article, but was it he hasn't played more than 20 snaps at all this season in any game? Is that correct? Yeah, he hasn't. They okay. He's been he's a well, he's a he's a traditioned wide receiver. He's still learning to play like actual NFL tight end. He was a collegiate wide receiver. Uh and they, they do and early in the season they were scheming stuff up for him, like near the red zone. And maybe in the opening game, they actually had like a fourth and seven and ran like a tight end screen to him. And then he just kind of started losing, losing more ground to Troutman. Uh, and then Troutman started to be really hyper-involved. I mean, Troutman, the last month, has 18% of the team targets. Like, they're not going to give these two guys 18% of the targets. Like, those have to go somewhere. Uh, I mean, because I mean, Nick Finette and Judon Johnson just aren't going to – they're just not going to demand that kind of – we talked about this with the Raiders, right? Like, you, you targets are earned. Uh, when you're okay, the best who's earned about the Saints? No, Traquan Smith and I guess Marquez Callaway, like they're the best players. And that's why Mark Ingram was getting targeted because he was one yeah. of the best players. <laughs> it could be Tony Jones, but uh, you know, not everything is transitive property when the players aren't good. Um, but I think Juwan Johnson could be like a touchdown or bust guy because early in the season, they were scheming stuff open for him in the red zone and scheming plays to him in the red zone. Even that game against Seattle on Monday night, that last play that Winston took the sack on before they kicked the game winning field goal, that play was to Juwan Johnson. It was a tight end screen on the, on the third down play call. Um, but Winston, he just ate it. He didn't throw it. So, I mean, they have scheme stuff open for him in the red zone because he's that type of dude. I mean, he's huge. He's a monster. Um, just not real nuanced. So he was he's not, he's not playing a lot in the snap. So even if, 
he's out there. I think Nick Vanette is still going to play a lot too, uh, especially in the run game. So I think from a snap perspective, Nick Vanette will be out there. Nick Vanette's never done anything in his career, so I don't know. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't know what he's to right here. He's watching. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nick. Family. We apologize. Yeah, apologize. But uh, I mean, Saints. It's tough because the Bills' pass defense has been legit. Even last week, when Jonathan Taylor was romping yards, anytime Wentz passed that game, he was terrible. Like Wentz was Wentz was bad in that game throwing the football. They clamped Michael Pittman on his you know small allotment of targets. The, the Colts only had to throw 20 times. But even if you say like, oh yeah, the Bills look at their schedule, it's all cooked into their stats. What do we think Trevor Simeon is? Like he's exact, he fits just the profile of all these guys they beat up on all year. Uh, and Trevor Simeon has been just absolutely garbage until the fourth quarter in all of these games. Uh, he's completed sub 50% of his passes outside of the fourth quarter in all these games. It's why they're tracing, chasing so many points because he's been terrible. Um, I don't know how long he holds on the job. Could he even not finish the game? There's all these elements in play, but I do think the Bills' pass defense is legit. I mean, it, I, I mean, for this particular matchup, because what do the 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 Saints actually have on their side to like kind of combat this defense with? Um, it's, it goes it goes beyond <laughs> this matchup. Like the Bills' de- defense is legit. The Bills' offense has a lot to question. I I, uh, I have so many questions about the Bills' offense, but yeah. Defense legit. Yeah. And if you are going to throw darts on a three-game slate, like Traquan Smith's not the worst. He's the guy that can get loose for a 60 or 70-yarder. Again, if you're running in massive tournaments, big old tournaments, playing for, shooting for the million, I think Traquan's got to be in your pool. Like Callaway's got to be in your pool. Understand the floor is really, really low. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Feel free to give thoughts on that, Reeves, and let's jump over to the Bills. And, again, like, do we have to tell people that Diggs is a good play? Like, of course, Diggs is a good play. Uh, Manny Sanders, you know, uh, has been sputtering. Uh, Beasley's been sputtering as well too. Um, yeah. Well, as far as the, the pass catchers uh, on Buffalo, who is most appealing to you? I suppose it's Diggs, but he's most expensive as well. Yeah, I mean it's easily Diggs because when you look at uh, you know the Buffalo's man zone splits. So against against man coverage, uh, Stephon Diggs has thirty three targets. The next closest player has thirteen on the Bills. So when, but when you, when they face zone coverage, it's much tighter. Cole Beasley actually leads them in targets. And then Diggs has one fewer than Emmanuel Sanders has nine fewer. So it's a lot more condensed, right? When it's zone coverage, but when it's, when Josh Allen is seeing man coverage and man coverage looks, I mean, he's peppering Diggs in like, it's almost a death wish to want to guard a guy like Diggs at man coverage. Uh, You know, the Patriots tried it last year on, on Monday night uh, with JC Jackson and he got absolutely just crushed the entire game. But, you know, the Saints might say, like, yeah, we have uh, a, what is we perceive to be a shutdown cornerback, and Marshall Lattimore's played good. But it's a bad matchup for Marshawn Lattimore because it's not a guy It's not a guy like Mike Evans, and no disrespect to Mike Evans, who's uh, going to be on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory. But, like, Diggs runs, like, every single route in the route tree. Like, he does so many different things. And he's such a tough guard and one-on-one coverage compared to some of these guys that are clashers and vertical guys. Like it's tough to ask him to, you know, to, to, to combat him, you know, like, so, I mean, if they're just going to line up Marshawn Lattimore on him, I mean, it could be a huge game for Diggs uh, because he's absolutely just smoke man coverage. And anytime that teams have been in man coverage, Josh Allen is just highlighted attacking, you know, the, going to my, my foxhole guy and going to the honey hole, man, every time. John, what do you have to add there as far as that Buffalo pass game? Are you basically same same sort of a thought process? Oh, John walked away on us. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> We're gonna power on through. Do you have a final thought as far as the uh, Thanksgiving slate, and then we'll we'll talk about the main slate briefly as well. 
uh, knock out our favorite players position by position for the Sunday 10 gamer. Uh, final thoughts as far as uh, the three game Turkey slate. Well, just, just know what you're, you just know what you're playing. You know, I think a lot of people want to, you know, go access and go overboard uh, on this slate and they want to try to account for everything happening. And that just makes your lineups worse, right? Like you want to try to get like exposure to all, every player or like galaxy brand, like, could this guy score a touchdown? Know what slates you're signing up for, know what games you're signing for and build your lineups accordingly around that. You don't have to account for everything. It's going to get you in trouble and you're not going to win any money. Uh, John, I believe you're back with us. Uh, final thought as far as the Thursday slate. Who's the one player, the one player that you could for sure say is going to be in the million-dollar winning uh, lineup this weekend, or this weekend, uh, on Thursday? I think everyone hates Zeke so much, even though he's the better play. And we've seen this the last couple of weeks. If you play the tournament plays over the cash plays, you're wrong. Uh, I think Zeke is the best play on the Thanksgiving slate, honestly. Rich, same question. Yeah, I like Zeke. I like Diggs at the top dollar price. I'd say yeah. like, you know, uh, mid-tier. I mean, it's tough not to really like Mooney, uh, you know, with, with Robinson out in the matchup that he particularly has, especially, you know, to combat David Montgomery's high, you know, ownership, uh, who also has a great matchup. Um, Give me your most – oh, uh, go ahead. Rich, Rich uh, how are you handling Mooney in the first game? That's, what, that's all I'm curious about because, like, we know he's going to be over – like rostered, but we just don't know really like how to, do we put him with Bears defense? Do we put him with DeAndre Swift? What are you doing, honestly? Well, I mean, the way I play, I play in a lot of these really small, small fields. Uh, you yeah. know, even like, like I said, like in like literally hundreds of entries, like not even thousands, not even like 2K. I That's mean, like what I these, do. Yeah. And so I'm really using this, this, the, the Bears game early to do like my one-offs and see if like I can hit on like, a Marquis Goodwin, the Marquis Goodwins and the Josh Reynolds and the TJ Hawks. Like I want to see if I can hit those and then just adjust accordingly uh, for the later games. So I, if I do play Mooney, it'll probably just be solo Mooney. Um, uh, just, and that's it. Just to combat David Montgomery. I'm probably going to come in under on David Montgomery though. Uh, and, and really kind of just load up on Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, I think I'm going to probably just try to, if I do play the Cowboys game, which I will, uh, on those small, really small condensed slates, I'm going to onslaught it. So I'll play Zeke and Josh Jacobs probably. And like, I'll play like just every player in that game and, you know, see if I can win my money that way. Good strategy. I like that. Um, just play the results from there and build up your lineups accordingly. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about the 10 game uh, main slate briefly, position by position. Uh, let's start at quarterback Daigle. Uh, we got Tom Brady in a dome against Indiana, Indiana, Indianapolis. Hurts uh, at an absolute smash game last time out. Uh, we got Herbert in Denver. Wentz on the other side of that Tampa Bay game. Who is popping for you on a Wednesday night when it comes to quarterbacks on the main slate this week? Uh, I want to hear Reeves talk about Tom Brady because I don't know. I really like <laughs> awesome, but it also comes down to ownership. So I don't want to play that game. I'm going to rather talk about Kirk Cousins because I think he's an awesome play. Uh, the last four games for the Vikings, they we've seen them push their opponents to 37 pass attempts a game because Kirk Cousins has been more aggressive. And now we get a good, what has been a good, uh, 49ers offense averaging 10 yards per attempt from a clean pocket because they have increased their rate of shotgun. So Jim Garoppolo, for instance, 25th overall the last four games from shotgun and now 19th overall, 62% of their plays have come shotgun because like they realize their 
offensive line is injured and not as effective. So, yeah, I, I actually like the uh, Vikings to push the 49ers defense, which no team has done. And it's very easy to fit in like the 49ers running backs, right? Like if Elijah Mitchell's healthy, just play Elijah Mitchell. If he's not, if he's out, uh, Garoppolo missed Jeff Wilson for a wide open touchdown in the end zone on their first drive last game, play Jeff Wilson. No big deal. But Kirk Cousins, like, double stacks, and the 49ers play more man coverage. We we know we can trust Justin Jefferson over Adam Thielen in man coverage. It seems, like, more trustful than anything else. So I like I like Kirk Cousins. I like this game over a lot. Rich? Yeah, it's, I mean, listen, we've like, it's been riding all year. Like, the, the, the Cousins, Jefferson, like, the ceiling's been there kind of all season. It, you know, we – it's we people try to talk themselves out of Kirk Cousin more and talk him into him, uh, but he's been yep. he's been awesome all year. I mean, he did his two intercept uh, two interceptions, twenty one touchdowns and two interceptions. Uh, also on the 49ers side, it'll be interesting because now the Vikings are going to be down three starting defensive linemen for this game. Daniel Hunter's obviously been out, Michael Pierce out, Dalvin Tomlinson on COVID. So an already bad run defense is going to be down. You know, basically another another run stopper. So the 49ers will definitely acquiesce and run on them uh, when they can. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I was trying to talk about out of Jeff Wilson last week, and he should have gotten there. He was wide open on that touchdown. Uh, was the, how good the Jaguars hmm. run defense has been all year. And, you know, kind of saying like, Hey, it's going to be, it's, it's could set up to be a really inefficient Jeff Wilson game because the 49ers backs don't catch the football. And, but he was so cheap. I mean, I, I get it. It was hard to fade, uh, but it ended up happening. Like he didn't get there for a lot of people. We had what two weeks ago, all the chalk hit. And then last week, uh, Jeff Wilson wasn't that good. Gaskin was, was good. He got into, he got that late touchdown. Uh, and AJ Dillon was didn't really, he was just all right. So um, yeah, I mean, so whoever plays though for the 49ers is a good play. Like Daigle said, uh, I like that game as well. Uh, the, all the touchdown regressions coming for George Kittle. You love to see it. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's playing like a, a lot of snaps now. Uh, but like, yeah, when Garoppolo misses that throw to Jeff Wilson, this is like why even he's that playing was so like, bad that pass. He's playing, he's playing the best football all season in the past month, but this is like that, those like singular plays are why like still like people can't get on board. Right. Like you can't miss that throw, uh, you have a 20 yard drive and it's going to end in a perfect play call. Right. They, they, they practice this play. It works to a T no one's even in the same stadium as Jeff Wilson on this throw. (laughs) Like you could throw this thing left-handed and complete it. And it's, it wasn't even close. He's even pressured. Throw and a that's why, throw it like, underhanded. Like it's, it was ridiculous. It was so yeah. bad. It was so tilting for the chalk for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, but that's why Garoppolo, he's playing great. Like he's played really good the last month, but this is why like he just can't get, he can't get past it. Right. Because of those plays, he has a couple of those plays a game where you're just like, yeah, th- that can't happen. Cause when they happen at the wrong times, when they're not playing the Jaguars, like in the Super Bowl, and you have Manny Sanders, you know, clearing the defense, you got to hit those, man. You got to hit those throws. Um, yeah. But I mean, uh, this is an interesting slate because obviously we have Dak and Josh Allen on Thursday. Lamar's on Sunday night. Mahomes, thankfully, mercifully, is on by this week. <laughs> it's mercifully, the Chiefs are on by. Uh, Never come back. <laughs> yeah, please. So we just don't have to fall into the vortex. So we have what? Uh, Jalen Hurts is literally a top two quarterback on both sites. He's the highest priced quarterback on FanDuel, second highest on DraftKings. Um, you've got this Stafford Rogers game, uh, that I think is very interesting as well. And then we've yeah. got this, we got the Colts, you know, Bucks game kind of in the middle too. And that's an early game. 
Um, but yeah, really the Brady analysis is simple. You have the NFL leader in passing touchdowns versus the team that's allowed the most passing touchdowns in the NFL. Hmm. That's really kind of where we need to start and finish. Uh, you know, they're going to be aggressive and throw the football. <laughs> uh, uh, indoors, uh, if you want to add that on, whatever narrative you need to throw onto it. But I'm just going to stop it. Most passing touchdowns versus the team that's allowed the most passing touchdowns. I'm also interested to see if like people try to galaxy brain themselves to Jonathan Taylor again, because he was a good play last week. And we talked about like the Derrick Henry versus the bills and like the, the opponents that they had, but I wonder if they'll try to run it back and say like, Oh, this is going to be the same situation, right? If the bucks, like he, he's, people are going to, he's going to be under owned. So let's go in and like, let's play him to try to chase that a little, a little bit. So uh, I do wonder if we'll see like him kind of be almost overowned in this game and free up some things for Christian McCaffrey at basically the same price. Um, is yeah. Vita going to play or we don't know yet? Is who? Vita Villa, the lineman, the guy that clogs at the middle. Oh, I don't know if he's going to be active or not, but yeah. uh, I don't but, think it matters. Like, listen, t- Todd Bowles, like, you think that, what do you think that they've been doing all week? The Bucks, like, they just said, like, Jonathan Taylor's ran, he just had five touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, Todd Bowles' defense, since he's been in Tampa, he's allowed 300 yard rushers since he's been there. Like, what yeah. do you think that defensive room is doing? It's not like Jonathan Taylor's going to sneak up on him. Like, they're going to take this as like an emphasis of a pride to end this streak that, John, that Jonathan Taylor's on. Uh, Michael Pittman is way too cheap on FanDuel, um, if, especially if you want like your run back. You can play Brady, Godwin, Gronk's back. You can play Gronk. Evans is dealing with the back issues. So you keep tabs on that. But Pittman's a natural run back in that game. Uh, on both sides, because they're gonna if they're if like every other team that's played the Bucks, they're gonna have to throw the football. Uh, so I mean, I do like that that side of it as well. I mean, but that's early game. It's early stack. You can come in 49er stack in the afternoon, and then you've got this Rams Packers game kind of floating out there too. Is Tampa gonna throw a gate in the box and say like, all right, Wentz, you, you beat us? Is that what's gonna happen? I assume. I mean, that's what they do. I mean, they they. They're going to, those linebackers are going to be running a lot of double mug looks like they, they, they blitz a lot. They send those guys, they send a lot of heat. Uh, so, I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be a loaded box. That's just what the buck, that's what Todd Bowles does. This is what Todd Bowles, like Todd Bowles isn't changing. You know, this is, this is playing into his hands. A team that wants to run the football and like an elite power back Todd Bowles wants this. Like this is what he wants to defend. So just two more cheapies I want to throw your way to Rod Taylor had a nice game last week. He faces the jets this week, which, you know, a sieve for fantasy points. And then well, he was Lawrence, bad. He was bad. He ran for two touchdowns. It doesn't matter, man. Scoreboard, right? <laughs> yeah. he, he still has the legs, doesn't he? And it's the Jets. But yeah, he wasn't spectacular. And it was also rough weather, if you want to give him a better than doubt, yeah. I suppose. But you, yeah. you have to hope for those legs every week, though. And you can't do that. You just can't do that. Well, he's cheap. He's he's 5'3 on DK. This no, is, again, this is not necessarily a Fandle uh, deal. It's a, this is a DK thing, kind of depending on how the salary is, yeah. right? It may or yeah. may not be. And then Trevor Lawrence has been. Pretty much bad all season, but he's no. facing the Falcons. No, don't, just a no. Just a straight no. no. Well, you have those two games in the middle where the, you have those two, four teams are so bad. Like, do yes. they, do the two <laughs> movable objects like make each other like, okay? Like, because yeah. like the Falcons versus a real team are terrible. The Jaguars versus a real team are terrible. The Jets versus a real team are terrible. The yeah. Texans versus a real team are terrible. So, but if you put them together against another terrible yeah. team, is there something? I don't know. We'll see if that plays out or not. Are you guys going to be – I know you guys don't like Red Zone. This is why Red Zone's great. You don't have to watch the Falcons or the Jaguars or the Texans. Oh, no, I want to. I wanted the pain. You'll never see them. You will never see the Red Zone. You will never see the Red Zone. I actually think Kyle Pitts is a good play this week. Oh, well, I mean, there's oh. not a lot of tight ends in the main slate either. We'll talk about that soon enough. Uh, let's talk about running backs. Uh, you know, Daigle, <laughs> fire off some of the running backs you like this week. Oh, Joe Mixon is still pretty great. We talked about him earlier, but the fact he got 30 carries – 
his most since 2019. And the fact that we don't know about TJ Watt, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick, and TJ Laddermilk. Like, it's still a, a quite a banged-up Steelers defense we're trying to target players against. So I like Joe Mixon quite a bit, especially since, like, the last two weeks now, we've seen the Bengals' top 15, 51%. Run play rate in the game script. So, yeah, I like the Bengals. And then uh, my wild one, uh, I have in my notes, David Johnson. Hear me out. No, baby. Oh, no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The the Jets are permitting 30 backfield touches per game. And we've seen that uh, he's he last week he ran 16 routes to Rex Burkhead's seven. So, (laughs) Rex Burkhead had 18 carries, but averaged 2.2 yards per carry. Whereas David Johnson outscored Rex Birdhead on fewer carries because he had 100% of the team's targets. And so that is a, I don't know if a sexy is the word for it, but it's a game. It's a game that's happening under <laughs> oxygen within our breaths. And so uh, David Johnson, I think, is a, it's not a bad play for trying to save salary. I like David Johnson. Reeb, see David Johnson and raise him. You can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> He's old. That's it. No, dude, he just he just smacked the big joker down. Yeah, run uh, the spade check. He just yeah. ran the spade check. I got nothing, man. I can't. I can't combat David Johnson. They did lose <laughs> one of the running backs this week. They did cut. Um. Oh God, I'm losing the name Lizzie. Yeah, and now Lizzie. he's the Dolphins. Um, oh, oh, we have we don't have enough mediocre running backs. We'll take him. Sure, why not? So yeah, that's gonna be fun. Uh, Ribs, what do you have for as far as some running backs this week? We talked about Taylor, obviously. Yeah, we'll have to watch, uh, you know, what's going on with Aaron Jones here now because he did practice today, but I don't know if he'll exactly play. Um, because A.J. Dillon, like, I think people will be upset with the results last week, but I think there was a lot of positives that came from that game. Uh, you know, he handled 81% of backfield touches. The Packers were down 23-10 to 10 in the third quarter, and Dillon was not scripted out. He, he was fourth among all running backs in target share last week. Uh, just didn't get in the end zone, but all the peripherals were good. And his price went down, uh, especially on FanDuel. Uh, so very interested to see like what happens there. Uh, I mean, how, how people are scared off. Yeah, easily. Right. Like, it, it, uh, and then the other side of that game, Daryl Henderson coming out of the bye too. I'm really curious to see what happens in this game because Joe Barry, the uh, Rams defensive coordinator, his last six years of his career, he spent with Sean McVay. Like if anyone is going to have like a kind of a pulse on like what, to do against this defense or some things that Sean McVay is going to do. Like Joe Barry is going to have it. He was with the Redskins when they were in Washington, not the football team, uh, when Sean McVay was the OC there. And then he spent four years with the Rams uh, the last four years. So I'm very interested. That game has a lot of little wrinkles to it too. You've got the Rams coming off the bye. Uh, Odell's seemingly going to be probably more work. I mean, this is a, since Johnny Munt's been hurt, this is an 11 personnel team. So Odell's going to play like Ben's, Ben Skoranek's not going to play 80% of snaps again. Like that ain't going to happen. Come out of the bye. And like Odell is super cheap on both sites. And like, no one's going to want to play him because the Odell experience has been so bad for everybody, but he's really cheap. He's going to play a lot of snaps uh, coming out of the bye. Uh, that game is very intriguing for a number of levels. Obviously you have the Devonte Adams, you know, factor. Uh, I know Dean, you probably didn't run the optimals. I'm assuming Devonte Adams is looking pretty good in some optimals. Um, I ran the optimals, but I wanted to say not to step back on uh, David Johnson, but he's actually appearing in some, which is just wild to me. <laughs> it's know, a he's on, man. Yeah, the, the optimals are currently on some David Johnson, but uh, woof, yeah, that, that might be the kind of week we're, we're lining up for. Also, I, Miles Gaskin. I usually don't agree with the, the optimizer, but David Johnson's a good play, so I don't care. 
Get a double down on that for sure. It's a good play. Uh, James Robinson, CMC, Lenny Fournette, Miles Sanders came back to muck up the okay offense. I like Miles Sanders. Uh, everyone assumes that the workload will get uh, split between Sanders and Scott. But maybe they just ride Sanders. Because remember, he got benched early for a fumble. But maybe they just come back to Sanders for majority of the workload, as they did last week. And if he doesn't fumble, he just handles a majority of the workload. So I do like Sanders because, like, his, he's very volatile, but he could literally get 25 touches over Boston Scott without Justin, without Jordan Howard and, like, stay in that range. And he's a house call guy. Like, you know, we haven't seen it yet this year, but we've seen it over the course of his career. Like, Sanders is like a – he could he could have a 60-yard touchdown run. Like Absolutely. Yeah. We didn't talk about Cam Newton, by the way. I don't know if we, that was by uh, intent or by design, but he is – and the price on, on Fandle's rough at 8K. It's hard to get to. Yeah. He's, five he's, the third high, he's the third highest quarterback there. It's, it's hard wild. to justify. I mean, if you're wow. playing in the massive tournaments, for sure, I guess you could play him if you want to take a stand. And he is a quarterback that can run for two touchdowns. Like, that's in his bag, mm-hmm. in the repertoire. Um, and that's, that kind of leads me to CMC. Um, you know, I guess you can always play CMC as well, too. Uh, you know, all, dependent upon his salary, dependent upon, you know, how tight or loose the cap may or may not be. But for sure, he's got to be in your pool as well, and well, as well as week. Uh, Reeves, you have a CMC take. If you want to say anything about Cam, by all means, or any running backs before we move on and talk about some receivers. Yeah, I mean, Chris McCaffrey's pretty good. Uh, Cam, uh, you know, it was the same story with Cam last week. When you uh, when he's operating in offensive leverage, which is why Jalen Hurts has played really well last month, too. When you have offensive leverage with these quarterbacks, this is why you maximize their efficiency. Cam Newton on first down play, plays last week, eight of nine passing, 9.9 yards for pass attempt, two of his touchdowns. On all other downs, 5.6 yards for pass attempt. So just, you know, staying on script and offense is really huge and vital for Cam Newton. It, it has been for his entire career. Um, Dolphins have played pretty decent defense the past month, but Joe Flacco still had enough fantasy points to say, like, nah, I don't know. But they're going to, listen, they're going to blitz Cam's face off. That's what they do. Uh, that's what the Dolphins do. They're, they're going to live and die by getting home. So uh, he's tough to play. He's at 8K on FanDuel, but fine on DraftKings. Anything else they go as far as running backs? No, I think I'm tapped out David Johnson. <laughs> You're just going to put all your chips on David Johnson. Yeah. See how that turns out. 100%, baby. 100%. Going to talk <laughs> receivers and tight ends in a second. Before we do that, I want to tell you all about the sponsor of the show, Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy, it becomes a stock exchange. You buy and you sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50. Use the promo code GRINDERS, G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. That's GRINDERS. Get this now. If you do not turn a profit this week, Jock Market, they're going to cover your losses in your very first event. Download Jock Market in the app or play stores. Check jockmarket.com out. That's J-O-C-K-M-K-T.com. And use the promo code GRINDERS for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. Reeves, give me some receivers. Uh, I said, all right, Pittman, I brought up. We brought up Odell. Uh, who else Who else is on the board here that we want to look at? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm trying to, I don't have a David Johnson of wide receivers. I guess oh. Odell's close enough. Odell's is dusty. No Odell's one does. Dusty Cooper no Cup is does. playing, but like people know Cooper yeah, Cup is play, good. Play Cooper Adams Cup. Good. Uh, yeah. I, I like Devontae Adams still uh, in that matchup because, you know, Jalen Ramsey's not shadowed this season. I doubt he does. Um, you touched on Jefferson already when you, well, we yeah, talked, we we touched, touched on, on Jefferson. Jefferson. 
uh, who else do we got? You know, I mean, are we, are, are, what are we doing with Elijah Moore and the Zach Wilson experience return? Oh man. I mean, well, I'll turn that. Maybe he's our uh, David Johnson of receivers. I'll turn there's, it over to there Daniel. is no David Johnson receivers. He's too good to be a David Johnson receiver. <laughs> uh, now you, you could skinny stack Dave, Elijah Moore, David Johnson. I have, I have no idea what to do. I, I don't know. Cause Zach Wilson has been bad. I do think the jets went out right, honestly, oh. but, but I, like, it depends on Elijah Moore's usage because he was a number two receiver this past week. But, like, and Corey Davis got injured in uh, practice early this week as well. So, I, I really – I just don't know, man. I don't know. I have a, I give up. I have no idea. Fair enough. <laughs> Is that it for receivers? Is that our receiver talk? For no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, Keenan <laughs> Allen's been on a tear. He's destroying man coverage is where the Broncos live. Well, Mike, uh, Williams, Mike Williams also fits in her on DK. That's pretty cheap. That's so cheap. Yeah. Uh, Chris Godwin. Good. Chris Godwin feels like a really strong play once again in the Dome there versus Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, try, if we're playing Toronto, are we pairing him with Brandon Cooks? Any Brandon Cooks? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, you know, why the hell not? We don't know about AJ Brown. We're onslaughting that game. David Johnson, Ty, you brought up Tyrod. Dangle brought up David Johnson. We might as well get every hell Texan. Yeah. We, let's get all the Texans in the lineups. Run it back with more. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Ty Johnson. We'll just onslaught this game. I, I prefer why the hell not onslaughts as opposed to why, why not onslaught. So, yeah, why the hell not? David Johnson, Brandon Cooks. And whatever else you want to do, Elijah Moore, that's fine. As far as tight ends, uh, we got to reference Pitts. Pitts is probably the best raw points tight end this week. Uh, you know, a lot of the guys are playing. No, you think it's Goddard? Who do you think it is? Kittle? Gronk? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. There's Just no second. good tight. There's no good tight ends. I don't care. Fryer <laughs> Moose is going to be pretty popular. Yeah, well, Ebron's gone, right? So yeah, yeah, that'll open it up to some degree. And he's super uh, cheap because they played on Sunday night. Um. Let's see. Who's your favorite when you consider salary? Is it Fryermuth? I mean, salary, yeah. I, uh, on on FanDuel, Dallas Goddard is way underpriced for sure uh, at fifty nine hundred. He's been he's been first, first, and first in tight ends and target share right. the last the last three weeks he's played uh, full games because he left that one game with a concussion, but probably was going to get a bunch of targets in that game too. The Eagles have just haven't thrown like you just need them to run into one game or just something to go wrong, whether it be like they give up a defensive touchdown or just they fall behind because when they have had to throw Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard are just like their target shares are insane. If this thing ever opens up, like those guys are going to break a slate. Um, one of those, two, one of those two guys, if there's a game where like the Eagles actually have to throw it 30 plus times again, um, Dallas Goddard's getting insane usage for his price on FanDuel for sure. So I run the optimals, right? Run them before the show. And as always Wednesday night, so uh, grain of salt and all that, but I cap it at 65%. I don't want any more than 65% of one player because I want to see the different shuffle of players we get. And 65% of Dallas Cotter, uh pops up on Fandle and 60% pops up on DK. Next guy on DK is Jared Cook at 19%. Next guy is Arnold at 8%. Next guy is Gronk at 8%. And on Fandle, it's Pitts 24%, Arnold at 9%, Kittle at 1%, and Farrow Brown at 1%. How does somehow he's Farrow Brown stuck in the back door? Who's but, got uh, that Farrell Brown projection cooking over at River Grinders? <laughs> well, I mean, it's one, it's one, he's probably, it's one lineup or two lineups at 200. No, no, probably. <laughs> I think this is Cardi. So I think it's, I, I took a peek at the, this is the Blitz's uh, numbers for what it's worth. No, he's four, uh, Goddard's four eight on DraftKings too. Good God. Yeah, yeah he's going to be super popular. 
um you know how did he get priced like this because for fryer moves four three like you need like how did how did this happen I, I don't know man i'm not responsible for pricing a dk the algorithm knows all though sometimes it's like well this is the That's wrong true. price and all of a sudden it's like well turns out well actually because um, goddard like goddard's the same price as like noah fan on FanDuel, and hunter henry like it's just wrong yeah it's just bad it's a bad price you typically you spend up on FanDuel for tight end, but like there's not many guys to spend up on. And well, Kelsey's not right playing, there. and Waller's yeah. playing on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, um, then that's it. Those are all the good tight ends. No, Kittle's been, get- Kittle's been playing good. Uh, Gronk's back. No offense in a fine matchup, but like the, he only gets targets like four yards downfield. <laughs> they're they're no good tight ends. They're is there a David Johnson of tight ends? So can you do that? Can you give us Farrell Brown? Johnson? It's Farrell Brown. We're it's on Brown. We are a Texan in every segment. A Texan in every segment. <laughs> what is, is little on? is literally Farrell Brown is the David Johnson of tight ends? Yes, that's all I got. I can't imagine rostering Farrell Brown. Like in what world and what planet? I am gonna likely run one fifty on Yahoo. I do not anticipate. He's ten bucks on Yahoo, but. He's also Feral Brown, so that's probably. Devin, how many happen. people are even watching this right now? Still, I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm watching kidding. the replay. The, the people, watch, people listen on the, you know, they don't necessarily watch on YouTube. Hey, shout out I'm YouTube. Not, Whoever's I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm gonna rock. I'm gonna play David Johnson. Like he's a good DFS play. I don't know. It might be a good play, like when Sunday actually arrives. Like for real. Like again, the, as of right now, it's looking like at least not completely insane. It sounds more insane than yes. it actually is. I think. But you know, it's Sunday. We'll see how that works out. Uh, give me David some Johnson final... versus uh, Donovan Peoples Jones. That's all we're up against right now. <laughs> DPJ. Yeah. Oh man. Um, so g- give me some final thoughts as far as uh, you want to give me some final thoughts as far as Thursday, as far as Sunday. We already gave our Thursday final thoughts. Dago, final yeah. thoughts as far as at least how you see it on a Wednesday night. What are your thoughts on the main slate? Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, besides Sunday... David Johnson. <laughs> Sunday, uh, David Johnson, Elijah Moore, skinny stack. Um, everyone's going to play Tom Brady and Jonathan Taylor, so be different. I think the Kirk Cousins stack with 49ers is very sexy. That's a good game, honestly. Um, and then also, let's see what happens with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams because like, it may be a GPP Rose statement where you have to roster either one or the other, Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, to make a statement over like Javante Williams, but you can skinny stack him. So that's my opinion. Here we go. That's my that's my thoughts. Key line in the chat says not playing David Johnson and this is a thumb down emoji. It's just not even Don't just not thumb down. Him. Don't thumb, thumb down. down David Johnson. It's a good play. Honestly, it's a good play. What he's year been, was that? He's like been through now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, what, what do you have? Reeves, save this segment here. What do you I have? Can't. There's no, there's no <laughs> pulling it back. There's like, no going back from David Johnson. <laughs> Like, yeah, man, this is full Patrick Swayze, dude. It's ghost. The DeLorean has gone 80 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, listen, we talked we talked about a number of players. We gave food takes. We talked about the Thanksgiving site. What more could you want uh, on a fantasy football show? I think that this had it all. Dago, yeah. do you have any uh, Silva Thanksgiving stories you want to ever He's not there like, anymore. Oh, wait, wait, you... Silva's not, or, or uh, we lost Dago. He's walked away. Both, both, just both. <laughs> <laughs> you clearly heard me slaughter my words. Like, don't come. Where back are you me. right now? Uh, I am uh, ten minutes from my parents in the woods because they don't have internet at their house, so I can't <laughs> record at their house. So I'm at a hotel nearby them, 
And what's the question, Dean? What do you got? No worries. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> well, we just yeah. to get. I'm going to ask you next week. We'll, 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 we'll save this yeah, episode ask, for a cliffhanger. Tune in. Dangles has his eyes open in 35 minutes, <laughs> bro. <laughs> I haven't been watching the video. Everyone calm down. <laughs> Make sure you guys watch us on YouTube. It's probably more entertaining that way. All right. Oh, uh, we do appreciate everybody hanging with us. Again, if, uh, you know, have, have yourself a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holidays. Uh, hopefully we set you guys yeah, up. Hydrate, for hydrate, Dagle. Hi, yes, Dagle. <laughs> hydrate. We, we're looking forward to having you come back next week. Uh, it'll be good times for sure. Uh, do not, or consider, at least consider playing David Johnson on a Sunday. That was Reach Rebar. Hey, David Johnson is actually a good play. <laughs> He's a good play. He really is. Uh, when you send out the tweet tomorrow, like you always go back to highlights of the show, make sure you stress David Johnson somewhere in the tweets. <laughs> well, Lots of David Johnson talk. Everyone's going to hate me, but yeah, I'll, I'll stress it. That was John Dago from NBC Sports. Uh, a good football show podcast. Check that out as well. Rich Rebar. But, yeah, Sharp. but I'm, I'm not like this, so don't check it out when I'm like this. But yeah. You're, you're fine you're i'm good yeah i, I listened to uh yeah i remember remember last week i said hey you're actually really good i remember i said it it was like so yeah. condescending gene recognize i'm good sometimes so yeah check yeah. it out it just came out wrong it, it was not the way i intended it to all right sometimes. that's rich Rewar from sharp football analysis as well uh you can check out his uh his game by game analysis as well too that's free for the first three games the thursday slate you have a small window you have the next uh, 10 hours or so give or take give that and a it's look great it's great check it out it's good content for sure. Rich, you got anything for the people before we step aside and get out of here? No, yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. If you listen to this on Friday, I hope you had a good holiday. I hope you scored whatever Black Friday uh, item you were hunting for. Imagine leaving the house and putting on pants and fighting. Well, no, you like just do it online. Si- it's, everything's online, man. Yeah, online. I mean, that, that's, come on. People are still fighting at Best I Buy still don't like... have a PS5. <laughs> yeah, I want to get one of those too. I've heard good things. I have a PS4. <laughs> it feels so old school. Uh, all right, that was Rich Rebar. That was John Daigle. That was Devin producing. We do appreciate y'all hanging with us. Uh, enjoy your Thanksgiving. Be safe. We're out of here.